It's a Thursday morning. It is week four. We have Canada Day weekend. We have three games. We have Jarrett Deggy appearing to start. We have Gino Lewis on the six-game injured list, which makes me all kinds of excited because Kyron Moore's already in my lineup, baby. It's all uh, Canadian. Here we go. Uh, you mean Vincent Forbes Montblow is just going to get target after target after target like last week? Yo, don't get me started. Two touchdown day from the big dog. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> but no, uh, we did not have a Tuesday episode. So, Connor, what did we think of the Taylor Cornelius benching? Um, I don't know. I don't like what else are you going to do in that situation. Clearly, it's not working. You got to make a change. But he was having the best game of his season so far. Yeah, but Chris Jones was already at like short fuse at that point. Short leash for for Cornelius. Cornelius knew, I think in that game, Cornelius knew it didn't didn't matter what mistake he made. He had to play mistake-free football. As soon as he made one mistake, no matter how big or small, in the eyes of Chris Jones, he was getting benched. Like He needed to play absolutely mistake-free football in order to escape some kind of benching in that game. I will say with the, with the Cornelius benching, at least he showed some humility unlike a certain quarterback who got cut off the roster for not doing so. Yeah, Kyle Loxley. Kyle Loxley. <laughs> that was the worst look I've seen. And when Chris Jones is your coach, you may want to avoid that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have to tend to agree, have to lean to agree. I know he fumbled. He's frustrated about the fumble. Got yanked after one one fumble after not really being given a chance in that game. And, you know, I can understand the frustration from the players, the player side of things, but at the same time, like, yeah, you're frustrated, but that doesn't mean in a professional football environment in a professional football setting that you can then just refuse to go out and do part of your job. Like in any other job in the real world, if, if you're frustrated about something and then your supervisor is like, okay, but I need you to go do this now. And you say, no, consequences are going to happen and you know maybe you don't get fired it depends what it's for i guess maybe you don't get fired but in a game where emotions are high things aren't going well this season i I don't think you can do that it's just a bad look on a pro football team and he paid the price the next day because he's no longer on the on the edmonton roster any roster for that matter yeah i think somebody's gonna have to like flip side of this coin like Knowing what Kyle Oxley can bring to a team, knowing the athleticism and skill set that he possesses, like do you do you think he lands back on a roster at some point? We just saw Dakota Prukop come back from the USFL and he's back with the bombers. I think Kyle Oxley's done. For someone that couldn't produce uh on the field in terms of quarterback play, once you get cut by Chris Jones for something like that. It's different if Chris Jones just moves off because he doesn't like you. But to do something like that, the whole league takes notice. Yeah. No, I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. And I want to stay on the Edmonton quarterbacks just a touch longer. Some news coming out this week. Khalil Tate being brought back to the Edmonton Elks roster. Um, what does this mean for Trey Ford? 
Do you think Trey Ford, I guess we're going to wait to see depth charts come out today. It's Thursday morning. But what do you think this means for Trey Ford? And if Trey Ford doesn't show up on the roster in place of Cleo Tate, what do you like? What does this mean? Well, how do you see this? If How do you see this playing out? Rear over. I'm going there. Um, Trade Ford. Trade yeah. Ford. There you go. You got it now. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think in terms of Trey and his future, you had the chance to start. You played mediocre football at best. You got hurt, which took you out for the entire season, despite it never really coming out what happened to you. Um, I just think that in terms of longevity and teams wanting to potentially make a move at you, um, there's no shot like the present. And nobody's really picking up the phone. I just hope at some point, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whether it's in two years, I hope at some point we do see Trey Ford be given a legitimate opportunity to start in the CFL. He was given it last year, but so far this year, nothing. We know he's a good player. We know he's an explosive player, but that's that for now. Let's move off of the Edmonton quarterbacking situation. You want to get into these games this week? We got some lines to go through. We got a few games, three games over the long weekend. We got to wait until Monday for potentially the best game of the week, though. Let's start off Friday night, tomorrow night. Edmonton Elks in the nation's capital take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Edmonton can't win at home. Edmonton can't win at all. Ottawa can't win at home. Where do you see this one going? Does the team that can't win at home finally get their first home win in the Ottawa Red Blacks? No. And here is what happened a couple years ago where we fell into the corn man. Uh, this is its Ottawa Thursday night game, I believe. I was up in the press box, and I'm thinking, Taylor Cornelius, okay, okay, State. Yeah, I've seen a bit of his football. Um, should be interesting. And he came out and just smashed the competition. I think we're seeing the same thing with Jared Deggie this week. As much as I hope Ottawa wins, as, as much as Ottawa's fan base deserves a win at home, I have a feeling this is going to be a repetition of what we saw when the corn man took over. Yeah, we saw it last week against Toronto. Jared Daggy came out, and I know the game was pretty much well in hand, but this guy came out and played football like his life was absolutely depending on it. I think we're going to see – we might not see the same type of – performance where he's you know spinning away from defenders getting absolutely crushed by Winton McManus but still throwing a touchdown I know it went off I know it was a tip ball and it just kind of fell into place but you know I I think we're going to see that same type of effort where we're going to see a guy come out just playing like he absolutely has to earn some food here uh yeah no I'm and I think Chris Jones knows his job is his job is on the hot seat. Yeah. Whether, well, whether it is or isn't, the pressure is starting to build. And absolutely. he has to feel that externally. Whether or not the confidence inside the building has remained, um, 
which I think it, it should. Their team has been highly competitive despite having no quarterback on the roster capable of carrying them to a, to a different stage. So I, I feel like Chris Jones should be safe. But at the same time, he's got to know that there's some kind of pressure mounting against him. Have to agree. Have to agree. I think Edmonton's going to come out, hopefully, anyways. I think Edmonton's going to come out flying. I think at this point with the Ottawa Red Blacks, you know, we we know what they are right now. And we're just kind of waiting for the pieces that they need back to come back. And once they're at full capacity, then I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more eager and a little bit more ready to start saying the Ottawa Red Blacks are going to win some of these games. I know we talked about it. Edmonton has some big injuries, some of their own injuries too. Um, a similar quarterback situation where they just don't know what's going on. But I think for now, despite the injuries, Edmonton still has you know a capable defense and a, a talented roster to walk into Ottawa and get the win. Let's move on to the Saturday game, though, because this one's going to be equally as fun, I think. Winnipeg Blue Bombers traveling to La Belle Province to take on the Montreal Alouettes. We saw what happened when this happened last year in week 10. Montreal gets the home win, stumps the number one ranked Winnipeg Blue Bombers in week 10 of 2022 last year. But this is a different Montreal team, new quarterback, new system. Same old Bombers, dominant to the core, coming off a, a loss that they probably didn't think they were going to be handed by the BC Lions. I think they're coming out pissed off and they're going to going to roast some birds here. Okay. I want to list this first from Winnipeg against BC. Zach Clares, 15 of 26, 191s and a pick. All right. That's low, but we've seen him do that and still win games. Usually it's completion percentage is much higher. Brady Oliveira, 10 for 52. Okay. <clears throat> Dalton Schoen, 2 for 34. What? Rashid Bailey, 2 for 18. It honestly felt like for Winnipeg to move the ball, they had to find the receiver as far away from Peters and Lee as possible. Yeah. Connor, this is week four. I am still talking about Gary Peters and TJ Lee. Clamps. Clamps. The, the, These guys are the best defense backs in the league right now. Absolutely. And when I'm skipping ahead a bit, but when you look at the game they have this week, I stayed away in terms of fancy from Toronto players because I'm just like, oh, <laughs> Peters and Lee. Are coming to Toronto? The show's coming on the road. Uh, no, we'll we'll stick to Montreal and Winnipeg though. Winnipeg's gonna be pissed off. And yeah. angry Winnipeg is not a fun Winnipeg to play against. No, no, it really isn't. But I I like the fact that you did bring up Peters and Lee because I think that is an important note. Like I think Montreal is a pretty talented secondary in their own right, but nowhere near the capabilities of, of the BC Lions defensive back core right now. Like I I think that needed to be said and those numbers needed to be said because yeah, that was an unusual game for Claros and the Bombers passing attack, but you also ran into arguably the best passing defense in the CFL right now. Montreal's good, but it's to me it's not BC caliber. So I think those plays 
are going to be open. Those those deep shots to Dalton Schoen are going to be open. The underneath stuff to to Bailey and Dembski isn't going to be you know rallied down to as fast. So I'm with you. A pissed off Bombers team is not a Bombers team I would want to be seeing. And I know we'll cir- circle back to this, but just to double down on that point, they are right now on Thursday morning. They are a five and a half point favorite on the road. Okay, that tells me everything the, I need to know. Here's the other thing I'm I'm thinking with Montreal and Winnipeg. The only way that Montreal is going to offset this is if Fajardo comes out and throws like an 85% completion game and just drags the ball down the field like three, four yards on first down, then you convert on a second and medium, and then you go another short gain, or maybe like you are just taking your sweet ass time down the field every single time you get an offensive possession just to present or just to prevent Zach Kolaris from making plays or giving him the opportunity to because they're going to be angry and aggressive downfield. Not the team I want to be seeing right now. Not the team I want to be seeing. All right, let's move on. The final game of the week. We'll we'll circle back. We'll do the gambling stuff. We'll do fantasy stuff. But final game of the week. Game of the week. BC. BC Lions. 10. BC by 10. The BC Lions taking on the Toronto Argonauts. Wade's already calling BC by 10. Yes, I am. We talked about it. Peters and effing Lee. Um no, I think the, the game last week, the score was not 31 points against. The Toronto defense played extremely well. Um, but Chad Kelly, we we knew this was going to be their identity. Hammer the ball in the run game. Between Harris, Adebaboye, and Olette, they're at 31 carries. Chad Kelly went 13 of 23. Yeah, they stretch the ball vertically, but their game is a lot of run, 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 take a shot, run, 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 take a shot. Because Chad Kelly through two games has not shown us that he could be a Calaris or a Harris where they just dice you apart for 60 minutes. I think my second coming of Mazzoli is looking better and better each week. And against BC, Connor. Have fun taking those shots because they can rush four, as we just saw, and get home a lot. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for the Argos to pass against this secondary. And and realistically, when we look at it, I'm not going to say it's been difficult for the Argos to pass this season, but there you you can see the noticeable difference in the passing attack in the way that they're scheming their offense from MBT last year to Chad Kelly. Now it's the same offense, but it's, it's different. They're tailoring it to the, to the skill set of Chad Kelly. And they're not taking these deep shots down the field all the time. They're not taking, you know, these double move routes that MBT didn't have an issue trying to open up down the field. It's, it's a little bit more conservative. They're a little bit more, you know, run dominant. And I would be too, when I have the pairing of AJ Olette, Andrew Harris and Chad Kelly, who can also use his legs. But this is not the MBT Toronto Argonauts passing attack. It is going to be difficult for Chad Kelly to throw the ball into traffic against 
the dangers that this BC Lions defense can bring you. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to knock the ball down when it's in the air. And to me, through the first three, I know Toronto's only played two full games now, but to me, through the first three, four weeks of the CFL season, Toronto is taking their time a little bit. And it's early. They play two games. They're taking their time a little bit in developing this this passing attack. And I don't think they quite have the same chemistry that they did at this point last year. With that being said, Connor, nobody cares if you lose in week four if you are developing something to contend in November. If that is truly the case and they're slow rolling it because they want to see Chad Kelly develop a little more during the season, hell, you're going to make the playoffs. Look around the Eastern Conference. Right now, Ottawa it's is Toronto's to lose. Right now, Ottawa's a mess without Mazzoli. Hamilton is punting on their season, I'm guessing. Um, and Montreal is going to be there, but they could take a loss this week and give you an extra spot in the standings. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think. You know, if if Toronto goes out and loses this game, even if it's BC, if either team loses this game in week four, in the grand scope of the season, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. A week four loss isn't going to dictate your odds to get to the Grey Cup or to get or to win that championship. It's it's just not. But right now, in the moment, I am giving the edge to the BC Lions. Me too. All right, let's move to our gambling. Uh, quickly rip through Ottawa minus two and a half at home. I did it last week. It worked out. I think I got every prediction last week, and I went with the Road Dogs last week. So I got every prediction I made last week correct, except for the BC-Winnipeg game. I said BC to cover, which hit, but I did say Winnipeg was going to take the win in that one. Shockingly, I think shockingly to everybody, they did not. BC rolled. So I just had to take a second to gloat. But it rolls into my next point because I am going with the Road Dogs in this game. The Edmonton Elks at two and a half, at plus two and a half, sorry, I should say, at plus two and a half in the nation's capital. I think even without Geno Lewis, Edmonton is somehow going to find a way to scrap out a win in Ottawa. It's not like they played Toronto horribly last week. No, I'm with you. Okay, so we're both on Edmonton plus two and a half. What about Nate Bahar over under 47 and a half receiving yards? I'm going to go under. I'm going over. Going to go I, under. They got to move the ball somehow. He's so reliable for them. It's okay. true. It's true. <laughs> Bombers minus five and a half at the Alouettes. A pissed off Bombers team is a team that I do not want to see. I'm going road dogs again. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay. My guy, Austin Mack, is at 66 and a half receiving yards. I don't love it. But Dalton Schoen is at 71 and a half. There's a lot of 60 plus yarders for the receiving props this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't love the 66 and a half yards for, for Austin Mack. I know Montreal and for good reason. I know Montreal loves this kid. He's, he's 
through two games, he's proven to be a threatening wide out. I'm going to take this in the opposite direction though. And, and I'm going to go with some, somebody that I've been on all year. Cause I, I don't love shown or Mac. I would go under on both of those, but I'm going over. If I want to take an over it's K on Julian Grant at 45 and a half receiving yards. That's the over uh, I like. Okay. I am going with over Kolaris, six, 269 and a half passing yards. I think he's just going to air it out this game. Uh, all right. The big one, BC Toronto. BC is a two and a half point road favorite. I really don't know what to do with this one. Every part of my body is screaming take BC, but I think somehow, some way, Toronto might find a way to defend home turf, get the win against the Lions at home early. But I'm going to do it until proven otherwise for my money right now. BC is the best team in the Canadian Football League. So I'm I'm rocking with the number one team. BC Lions, all road dogs again this week for me. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Road teams are uh, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I'm going BC uh, in terms of props. AJ Olet over 56 and a half rushing yards seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried is like backfield by committee, but it seems to me that you know AJ Olet right now is their starting pitcher. Andrew Harris comes in as a relief pitcher. Chad Kelly does some relief as well. I don't hate the over on AJ Olette simply because you know he's going to get the carries. The touches are going to be there, and he's going to have opportunity. So I like it. That's a safe bet, smart bet. I'm putting the over on my man, Vernon Adams Jr., on pace guy coming back around. His his over-under right now is 263.5. He's on pace right now to throw for that 4,000 yards that I would love to see him throw for. I think is he's he not on pace for 5,000 still, Connor? Come on! I, I don't think he's thrown under. Uh, maybe he's had one game, but I think he's it's been like two eighty, three hundred, and like two eighty. Yeah, he's he's been flying so far to start the year. It's so exciting to watch him play, and they'll probably be wearing the smoke gray uniforms. Yeah, that's the, that's their that's their road uniform. Hell yeah! Um, Unless Toronto goes all white, which was a great look in Edmonton. I gotta say, we haven't talked Matthew Betts yet. Connor, this is the dude that an everyone animal. knew was coming out of Laval. And it's taken a bit to get to here. But my God, when he yeah. is going, he is going. Get him in the right situation. Get him in a, a scheme where he's able to, to thrive. Doesn't have to be relied on to be the guy. But I love it. Hell yeah. All right. Uh Fantasy and we're out. Do you want to start? You can start this week. I went first last week. All right. Your uh, rundown. <clears throat> Jarrett Deggy at quarterback, $6.9,000, where everyone else that's starting is up around 14 or 15. I think he'll put up some numbers, but it gives you a lot of flexibility with uh, the rest of your roster. BC Lions defense, my boys Peters, Lee, and Matthew Betts. Uh, Yes, I'm taking them against the Toronto Argos. I don't know what Ottawa's defense is going to do or Edmonton's defense is going to do. I know that Winnipeg is going to play well, but are they going to get the turnovers we need? And Montreal, I think, is just going to get shredded tip to toe 
by Calaris. Running backs, Smoke Mizell and Brady Oliveira. I can't believe Brady Oliveira is still 15K. It hurt, but uh, he's my captain this week as well. Then for wide receiver, we got Justin McKinnis. I've been so impressed, Connor, with him this season. Uh, in terms of just making plays downfield, not even just the head tops, not not even uh, being part of Dominique Grimes' head top you, but uh, right when they need it, it seems he makes a play, whether it's converting a second and long or stretching the field. So I'm going Justin McKinnis. Uh, Got to go with my guy, Austin Mack. He's $6,800 still for some reason. Uh, and Kyron Moore, $8,900. Last week, Connor, Kyron Moore, five targets, 48 yards on five catches. Um, I think his usage is going to go through the roof with Geno Lewis now out for six weeks and with Jared Deggie, an actual competent quarterback from what we saw, slinging the rock. Small sample size. Let's give let's give Deggie the three-game rule here, but... I'm I might, with you. I'm with I you. might have to give him the three game rule, but Connor, two touchdowns, a pick, 163 yards in pretty much a quarter of play. Looked good. Looked good. So, I don't know. A lot of that yardage was like, and a touchdown was throwing a prayer that got tipped into the hands of fourth Montblanc, which I realized, but. I still like the the abilities that I saw in the small sample size. And he's worth half the price of every other starting quarterback in CFL fantasy. Yeah, I'm with you because because of that, I, I went with Deggy as well. 6.9K for a starting quarterback that's going to play like his life absolutely depends on it right now. This is like I'll, Jake I'll Mayer that. last year for us. Like, yeah. he was so cheap you couldn't not take him. Yeah. So I am going with Deggy at the quarterback spot. I'm going with the Edmonton Elks defense as well. Their their defense is more expensive than their quarterback, which I find a little bit funny. But I, I think they'll be able to contain a a pretty broken Ottawa Ottawa offense right now. Running back spot, I'm with you. I'm going with Mizell. I'm switching things up. I'm going with AJ Olette. Two touchdowns last week. He's a monster around the goal line. If he gets to the goal line, he's powerful. Gets those touches can make teams pay. So I like, again, like we said about his over-under too, I, I like the prospect of the ball being in his hands as well. He's going to have the opportunities. He's going to get the carries. So that's enticing. Plus he's only 11K, which I'll take it. Wide receivers, Demonte Coxie. He's been a dude in the Toronto passing yeah, attack. I was debating Coxie. And he's cheap too. Like he's 11.3K, but it is, it knowing that he has to, face Peterson Lee <laughs> yeah but again there's five wide five no wide he played he played somebody's got to be open he's yeah he's been playing the field side so much though so, he might stay away from him and my captain this week BC oh. Lions wide receiver Alexander Hollins oh so I think uh you know with Rhymes being out with McKinnis doing uh you know so well kind of out of the slot and the underneath stuff or no, is he playing wide? I think they mix it up. With Rhymes being out, with with McKinnis drawing some attention to himself as well, I, I think you know the skill set and what Hollins can do at the wide receiver spot has been tremendous for the Lions' offense this season. He's been you know one of the premier guys in that wide receiving room right now. 
So I, I'm rocking with him. And then again, another cheap option, uh, another cheap option that has been producing Austin Mack. I got to do it. I got to take the chance this week. My God, I got I to take the shot, and I'm hoping Cody Fajardo takes a shot. But even even with Austin Mack, like I have paid six point eight k for him. If he gets me eight points, that is a positive return on investment. Yeah, you're happy. The last with couple that. weeks, he's gotten like twenty points, which has been really lucky. I don't think it's the norm for him, but Connor, if he's raking in eight, ten points that this cheap of a price, it's a win. Yep, I agree. <laughs> I think that does it. I think that wraps it up for us, though. That's uh, this is our Thursday episode. Time to go coach swimming, baby. Time to go coach swimming. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, I need to get myself some Fox 40 safety equipment because I'll be on the water this summer. You guys can too. And you'll get 15% off with the code CFP15 at fox40shop.com. Uh, go ahead now. Check out all their coaching boards, whistles, merchandise. Canada Cup's going on soon. If you're coaching one of these provincial teams... Or is it going on right now? I believe it's going on now. Get into the action. Get yourself ready so that your players can hear you cross the field if you need to. Uh, CFP15Fox40Shop.com Connor, what kind of hat are you wearing today? Um, Not noodle. It should be. I don't even know. I got it out of uh, a box at around the time of the Super Bowl anyways. It's a free hat. It's a free hat. It's, it's not anything special. It's not a custom fitting snapback by Noodle. No. Well, Noodle has was. redesigned how we wear hats. Their custom fitting snapbacks go beyond where most sizes end. Head to Noodle.store to check out the newest player in hat wear. And as we do close out wrap up the week make sure to stay tuned at cf perspective on twitter and instagram at connor r o'neill at wade zank at tsn marsh three games this week marsh is oh, oh, yeah marsh i was gonna say marsh is <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot of marshall ferguson this weekend over the canada canada Day long weekend he is calling all three games so good luck to marsh again and closes and Dwayne. Closes us out, wraps this week up. Enjoy the games. Be safe this long weekend. Don't do anything dumb. Have a good weekend.